and welcome everybody to FanStream Sports powered by DSP Media. This is the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz, and I'm your host, Rob Fedoff, also known as RPT. You can find me on X at P Fedoff. This is episode 109 of the Fighting Irish Daily Blitz. This will be the USC preview. But first things first, head over to our website at fanstreamsports.com for all additional podcast information. Also, if you have an Apple device or an Android device, please feel free to download the FanStream Sports app. And then head over to our Facebook page, like that page, additional content out there as well. Please feel free to share that with your friends and family. USC week, this was supposed to be a bigger game than what it, it's kind of uh, declined with its uh, with its intrigue, I should say, this week after that awful loss to Louisville last week. If you check out my previous podcasts, I wasn't too happy. I used a lot of, um, I pretty much let it rip in that podcast. It was a pathetic, pathetic display, not just by the players, but by the coaching staff. And that's where it lies right now. The coaching staff has to figure this out. I know not everything can be fixed in one week, but they need to find out what's fixable, at least in one week, get to that buy and then fix even more um, with this team to finish um, on a high note for this season. Yeah, it sucks. We're not going to go to the playoffs. No chance. There's still a chance to get to a New Year's Six Bowl. And just to have some momentum into next year, I always hate to say that next year, next year, next year. We've been saying that for 30 years. But this is where we're at for uh, the 2023 season right now. Um, So let's just get into the basics for uh, this game. It's at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this Saturday, October the 14th on NBC. We're two-and-a-half-point favorite. How the hell that is that we're favored for this game? I do. Well, I kind of have an idea, but I still, even with – USC does not have the greatest defense. This will be at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, I, even with those two factors right there, I would not be picking Notre Dame to win this game as a betting man, that is, which I do not do. But um, we're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, USC comes in at 6-0, and currently ranked 10th. And then Notre Dame plummeted in the polls to, rank, to be ranked 21, and they are currently 5-2. and They're led by Caleb Williams, uh, the current or last year's Heisman Trophy winner, still having a great year right now. Uh, 119 pass completions to 166 attempts, 1,822 yards, 22 TDs, only one interception. Sam Hartman hasn't had the greatest games the last couple games, but some of that's been on him, but a lot of it's been he just has zero time to throw and getting zero help from his uh, wide receivers right now. Uh, 118 out of 183, 1,712 yards, six, 16 TDs to three interceptions, and all three interceptions were last week against Louisville. Uh, rushing for USC, they're led by Marshawn Lloyd, 67 carries, 519 yards, four TDs. We're led by Audric Estime. He's pretty much been the leading rusher all year. 105 carries, 692 yards, seven TDs. I think he's still up there, at least one of the top three rushers in the nation after having two pretty much mediocre uh, weeks and last week was just terrible. I think he only had maybe 20 yards rushing uh, receiving yards, uh, Taj Washington for USC, 21 receptions, 456 yards for five TDs. Mitchell Evans, our tight end is our leading receiver. Still. I'm going to say that until I'm blue in my face. It's um, it's a problem when you're leading receivers, your tight end. And that continues to be the case. I think this is three weeks in a row now. Uh, Mitchell Evans, 22 receptions, 343 yards, only one TD. I thought he had more TDs, but he does not. Um, But what we're going up against, USC has a pretty porous defense. That cost them the Pac-12 championship last year against Utah and cost them a playoff spot. And then it cost them the Cotton Bowl, too, 
They lost to Tulane last year in the Cotton Bowl. I think they were up by 14 or 17 points, but they just kind of stopped them at the end. And that's been pretty much a big issue since Lane Kiffin had uh, came to USC last year. High-powered offense, Heisman Trophy winner. This is going to be one of our biggest tests offensively. You, I mean, I know Ohio State was a pretty big test, but they had a sub-tier quarterback, at least for right now, and Kyle McCord, but he ended up leading them to victory. You're going to get and going up against probably the number one pick in the NFL draft next year and uh, loaded at wide receiver at running back. Got to stop the offense and we got to just start scoring some points too. I know their defense is horrible, but can our offense score? That's that's the key right there. Um, I want to kind of give you a little bit different perspective on some of the stat comparisons right here. Uh, They're uh, averaging 52 points a game, USC that is. We're averaging 34 points. That's plummeted since. The Ohio State game, I think at one point we were averaging about 45 points per game. However, we only give up about 16 points per game. USC, this is where there could be an opportunity here. Uh, They're giving up 27 points per game. Total yards per game, USC averages 537 yards per game. At one point we were averaging about 500 a game. It's down to 450. Uh, We average about 266 passing, USC 355. That's the key right there. We gotta we gotta contain Caleb Williams right there. Rushing, they're pretty good as well. They uh, average about 168 a game. We average 171. So we're still, even though last week was a disaster against Louisville, our average is still about 171 per game for our offense. Now for the defense, we're only giving up 293 yards per game, 146 passing, which is excellent, but 132 on the ground. That's got to get better. They allow 447 yards per game. 264 passing, there's got to be some opportunity there despite the struggles at wide receiver. Because what happened, NC State kind of figured out our offense, just load the box, you know, stop the run, and make our receivers beat us. And our receivers just can't get off the blocks, create separation. And Sam Hartman just can't find anybody open right now. And if he gets some gets some open receivers, we got a, a chance here to exploit this porous USC defense, but um, yeah, they gave up 264 in the air and then 157 on the ground. Uh, they average about one turnover a game, same for Notre Dame. And then we uh, takeaways, we average about, I never do, I like to do like one point or whatever. Let's just say one turnover a game, same for uh, SC uh, takeaways, that is creating a turnover is what I should say. Uh, what else? So that's pretty much the stats right there. Pretty much, it's pretty simple. If we can get our offense going somehow, especially in the passing game, we have an opportunity to actually win this game, even though we're favored. But to me, I don't know how Vegas is telling us we're a two and a half point favorite, but that's what it is. But what do I want to see from this game? I'd mentioned probably even up until I would say last probably in that uh, early part of the fourth quarter when the wheels fell off against Louisville and our D just kind of after the Maris Leofow face mask. Pretty much, though, prior to that, I still saw this, even though the defense cannot tackle still, uh, they have some breakdowns, especially during the Ohio State game when they gave up that lead with three seconds left. Still, I still see, for the most part, a relentless D. That's been a positive where Al Golden, even though I have a lot of criticism for him as well, This D has pretty much been every play relentless, relentless, relentless. That was a big talking point in my earlier podcast for this season, and that still has to be the case with this. They had to 
really keep Caleb Williams in check. You're not going to stop him, but we're going to have to, to have a chance in this game. I would say limit them to under 30 points. And for us to even score 30 points, that's going to be a challenge too. But we got to create some turnovers, get some points off that because I'm still not confident enough in this offense to finally figure this out. Or not even finally figure this out, just to create some points, get some consistency with that offense, especially at the receiver position, and then throw in the run game and then just kind of wear them down. Because this defense is not that good. But I didn't think Louisville's defense was that good last week either. But uh, they were they came to play and we didn't. And uh, But that's the key. Keep that relentless D because the thing is too, and I think at times, and I said this a little bit earlier as well, I feel like the defense feels like they had to be perfect because half the time they're behind the eight ball, especially since the Ohio State game where you're not getting any help from your offense. Uh, pretty much most of the Ohio State game, the Duke game, they finally came through at the end and pretty much hardly at all, excuse me, against Louisville. We got to get some points from the offense to uh, lessen the pressure from the defense because you cannot, like, like yesterday, the Steelers, for the most part, they shut down uh, the Ravens, but they're having the same issue with their offense, which it's so bad, but their offense came through uh, at the end yesterday. And then the defense came through again. I kept thinking once the Steelers got the lead at 14 to 10, the defense played so great during uh, 90% of the game. Uh, Jacksonville's or, or Baltimore's going to go down and score. They just can't finish the deal or seal the deal, I should say. And that's the case with Notre Dame, especially with that Ohio State game. I know this is a USC preview, but they played so good during that game, but they couldn't seal the deal. I think, though, if the offense would just give them a break once in a while, have a long, sustained drive, or just a quick score drive where it's not like we're always having to come from behind. And that was the case against Louisville for the most part on Saturday. So relentless D and get some help from the offense. Uh, what else here? Uh, and here's the thing, too. I think kind of the piggyback off that last year. Uh, I think Al Golden's going to learn something from last year's game against USC. I thought he had a horrible game plan and he kind of let Caleb Williams go wild. I think he'll learn from that and have a pretty, a little bit better game plan. Or I shouldn't say a little bit. He better have a better, well, a way better game plan than last year because it, well, I thought this would be a talking point, but now it doesn't really factor in as much. We are pretty much, even though it was a horrible defensive game plan, we were in that game for the most part until the maybe like last two or three minutes when USC sealed the deal. I think we lost by 11, but we were in the game with Drew Pine at quarterback. I say that because Drew Pine is pretty much a backup quarterback. However, the last two games, it seems like, even though Sam Hartman is way better than Drew Pine, but how the offense has been game plan last, let's say two weeks, especially last week, it seems like Drew Pine is back at quarterback again. We can't throw downfield. Uh, they're pretty much stacking the box because they know that our wide receivers cannot beat them. Last year, though, it was pretty much just because you knew the quarterback couldn't beat you. But Drew Pine actually had a decent game against USC. But you got to think now, if we can just get some separation from the wide receivers, give Sam some time to throw, make plays, this offense can uh, do some damage to that uh, uh, USC defense. But pretty much keep with the relentless D open up that offense because last year I, I just didn't think that game plan was uh, correct for the defense. And I think Al Golden's going to learn from that and not just let Caleb Williams run wild. Point number two, Marcus Freeman. I said before, 
I'm still supporting him now. He's kind of on a short leash right now because he's, don't get me wrong, he's been great for Notre Dame. He's brought Notre Dame so-called cool again, popular again. Uh, he, he's a popular head coach. He He's the coach for 2023, you know, with, uh, you know, the Twitter age is what I'm, or not even now the X age, the social media age. He does very well with that, with his players. However, and recruiting on paper, you know, recruiting has been really good. I, and he cares. I think he really cares. I think he likes it at Notre Dame too, but his gaffes have been really big. I know the, the first game he coached, and I know that was still pretty much Brian Kelly's team, the Fiesta Bowl, and for the 2021 season and the 2022 new year, up by 21 points, and we blow that lead and, and lose the game. And I always say, well, that really wasn't his first game. Well, he was still the head coach for that game. That was one of the gaffes. Uh, last or uh, this year, the the ten men for two consecutive plays for the Ohio State game. And the thing is, with that Ohio State game, I, I keep harking back to that. And I and I think too, maybe we're just not over that game. The the team is just mentally drained from that game. But still, you got to find a way to bounce back from that. Us as fans as well, you got to get over it and keep going. But with that game, even with ten players, Ohio State barely they got in by this much for that touchdown. If you had that 11th guy there, they probably don't get in. But that two plays with 10 guys on the field. And then the Duke game, I remember, and I don't know if I, I keep hearing so-called, not even rumors, but just various outlets where Aldrick Estime had that 30-yard touchdown game or touchdown run for us to go up. I, I had heard that Marcus Freeman wanted him to just fall down so we could milk the clock and just kick a game-winning field goal. I'm always of the opinion, once you have a chance to score, score. Because, okay, let's say he falls down, we milk the clock. There could be a bad snap uh, the next play. There could be a bad snap for the field goal. And the way Spencer Schrader had been kicking field goals at that point, just get the lead and then let your defense seal the deal. Um, that was another gaffe. Uh, last week against Louisville, the team was just not ready to play. Uh, Marcus just did not look in the game. The coaching staff did not look in the game or look too much into the game uh, going forward on fourth and 10 at their own 30. And then to just sometimes, and maybe he's different behind the scenes. But when I see press conferences, he still looks somewhat lost. And some of the things he says, as I, I see this mostly during uh, right before the game starts, when the uh, uh, sports cast or newscast or whatever you want to call it, uh, interviews him right before the game. And I'm just like, what did he really say? That's anything some of it's kind of just coach speak. I go back to Saturday night live deep thoughts with Jack handy, where this Saturday night, I would do this sketch where it's supposed to be this, this grandiose statement that this person's making, but they're not really saying anything. And it's just kind of comical. Um, if you go back to the Brady bunch movies of 95 and 97, uh, Gary Cole played the role of Mike Brady that Robert Reed played during the TV show. And they would just, you can uh, search on YouTube on this, but he would have these sayings, but he wasn't really saying anything. It'd be, it'd be like Mike Brady would be explaining to Marsha or Jan saying, there's no clouds in the sky today. That's why the, there's, yeah, there's no clouds in the sky today. That's why the sky's blue. Duh. That's no great statement to make. Anybody knows that or what else? Just really, uh, um, it's really hot outside. That's why you're hot right now. And that's why when I listen to Marcus Freeman during these, you know, pregame uh, interviews or during press conferences, 
it seems like he's trying to make these grandiose type statements, but not really saying anything. And I'm hoping behind the scenes, maybe it's different. Cause I know when you're behind the, uh, doing these press conferences behind the camera, you can't really say too much. Uh, cause I will say one thing that he does really well that Brian Kelly didn't, he doesn't throw his coaches under the bus. Now behind the scenes, hopefully he's getting into their, um, face to, to improve, but you don't want to throw them under the bus during a press conference. And he hasn't done that. He hasn't done that to his players. And that's what Brian Kelly usually would do. And I think that got to the psyche of the coaches and the players and the morale just kind of uh, diminished because of that. But I'm hoping he's saying one thing during a press conference, but during the actual, you know, nuts and bolts of team meetings and, you know, behind closed doors, he's either getting in their face or just not just doing all this so-called what I say is what he thinks is a grandiose statement, but he's not saying anything at all. He's being Jack Handy of SNL or Mike Brady played by Gary Cole in the Brady Bunch movies in 95 and 97. And there was also a TV movie in Fox in 2002. That was not that good, but I digress, but I just want to see Marcus Freeman. Cause this is that I've heard this term a lot the last couple of days, a crossroads for him. I know it's only year two, but we just can't finish eight and four, nine and three again. We had to propel this team for next year or we're back in the same situation. But I really just want to see Marcus Freeman really start coming into his own. I don't want to see, okay, let's, let's just say he makes those statements again, but I still want to see results behind the scenes and on the field is what I'm trying to say because these Jack Handy and Mike Brady, Gary Cole statements aren't working. Uh, what else? So my prediction, I just I almost forgot, even though, I mean, I'm not feeling good about the offense right now until I see something. I always say you got to show me something. And I don't know what to think about this offense right now. It is it is awful. Jared Parker is just not calling right play. Oh, this is another thing. Back to my second point there about Marcus Freeman. Here's another thing that he said today. And I know you don't want to throw the coach under the bus, but right after work today, I, I went to the press conference and uh, one of the reporters had said, uh, do you think the the play calling has been bad by your offensive coordinator or something to that effect? He's like, no, there has been no bad play calls at all. It's just been the execution. That could be somewhat true, but I, I still think there's been a lot of bad play calls as well. And eventually you're going to have to phrase that a little bit differently to, yes, you don't want to throw your head or your offensive coordinator under the bus, but he's got to get a message as well. So that's, that's another thing right there. But to my prediction, uh, as I said, I don't know what this uh, this offense is going to give us right now. Here's what I'm thinking. For whatever reason, I think, you know, the crowd maybe. And here's the thing, too. Crowd, if there's a couple bad plays, don't boo. This team needs your needs a pep talk like no other for this week. They need your support like no other. Uh, I know it's not going to be an Ohio State atmosphere, but you're really going to have to back this team because their confidence is shot right now. That's the thing too. I mean, this team was three seconds away and an inch away from beating Ohio state. Didn't get it done, but that game, I think kind of took some things out, but they were very confident at that point prior to that game or prior to that last three seconds, you really need to back this team up. We got to, yeah, I know there's a lot of negative talk this week and it's, 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 it's warranted. Don't get me wrong. But they, the crowd's got to get behind this team this week. And let's see what happens. But for some reason, I'm thinking USC, the prima donnas that they are, especially Caleb Williams. There's a lot of stuff he did during that game last week. Remember, he painted his fingernails and said, F you, Notre Dame. 
And ESPN, they, they really milked that up. You would think they would, because they've been kind of a cancel, cancel culture type network the last uh, few years that they would uh, not show that, but they embrace that, which I kind of feel that's kind of puzzled by that, but I'm not so much for bulletin board material, but I would be putting that. Well, that's the least of Notre Dame's concerns, but they got to fix a lot of things this week. But prior to fixing those things, I would sprinkle that in if I'm Marcus Freeman, just coverage of that last year when he had the fingernails and, uh, it's not going to be as warm as uh, Los Angeles. So that's going to maybe help us somewhat. I just got this weird feeling, kind of like the Clemson game last year where Clemson had a horrible offense and we exploited that. Well, USC's got a horrible defense. And I know there's not much confidence I have in the offensive coordinator right now, but there's just something, something in the back of my mind. I know that's not a great analysis, but sometimes you just got to go with your gut. And also, I think the D is going to create some turnovers. I think Al Golden learned from last year, as I said before, we're going to get some uh, turnovers to uh, and uh, get into the head of the Heisman Trophy, Cale Williams, and uh, maybe that his fingernails will be some motivation as well. But I, I think we're going to get like two turnovers, get like 14 points off of that somehow. I'm not saying a pick six, but give a short field for the offense give us 14 points there. And somehow we just muster up another 14 and then have that bend, but don't break defense and just do enough because this is a, you thought Ohio state's defense. I thought Ohio state's offense, offense, not defense offense. Th their receivers are better than USC, but USC's uh, quarterback is, is way better than Kyle McCord. So this is going to be probably the, either the best offense we see or the second best offense we see all year. And somehow I think we pull this game out. We get the 14 points off turnovers, get another 14 points somehow. Uh, hopefully we can, uh, Jared Parker can learn from that and muster up another 14 points, hopefully more. And then we just bend, but don't break. Uh, USC is going to make a run. Don't get me wrong, but I say we win this game 28 to 21. I can't believe I'm saying this, but for some reason, and uh, then we get into that buy and let's see what happens. Make a run for the new year six. Maybe that's wishful thinking, but for some reason, I just got this weird gut. Maybe I'm crazy. A lot of people have told me that, but uh, we shall see what happens. But besides, it's just relentless D, get the offense going again somehow. Marcus Freeman, just show me something a little bit more than these weird thoughts. And here's the thing, too. The reason why I didn't shave today, too, it goes back to my previous podcast. I, I want this young coaching staff to start using some knowledge they've learned in the short time that they've had these jobs. I said before, you know, I always think if this doesn't work by the end of the year, maybe we need some people with some some gray hair, you know, gray stubble here. That's why I didn't shave today, just to kind of harpen back on that point that maybe if things do not work out, uh, we got to get some people with some gray hair in there. So that's why I didn't shave. It's kind of a, a metaphor for today or just, uh, uh, like I said, just to kind of uh, have a uh, – have a correlation with this this podcast is what I'm trying to say. What else here? I think that's about it. I'm going to say 28 to 21, Notre Dame. Hopefully we get back in the wind track, some positivity because it was a that was a bad night uh, Saturday for uh, Notre Dame fans. Uh, thank you so much for joining me for episode 109 of the USC preview. And as always, go Irish.